Verulam Sports. Hello again and welcome back to Verulam Sports Podcasting. And it is a great honour for me to welcome back to you a man who I now consider to be friend of the show, Rudlett's own chairman of the history-making Brentford Bees Football Club, Cliff Crown. Cliff, first up, I need to ask you this. What's the view like on Cloud Nine? Being a mere mortal, I've not seen it in some time. <laughs> yeah, very good, Tony. Um, I'm, I'm still there and haven't quite yet come down, but it's been uh, a fabulous few days. And uh, we're all obviously all very delighted at uh, the success that the team achieved on Saturday at Wembley. And um, can't wait to get started in the Premier League. Well, we're going to talk about that in a bit more depth because you know as a man of uh, strategy that whilst that good success deserves each and every single sip of what I would imagine would be Martel champagne, right? And I know Thomas Franks was rather looking forward to supping something. Um, you know, the hard work just begins now, doesn't it? But we'll, 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 let's focus back. Let's whip us back in time to that amazing uh, performance. Truly tremendous. You were rather magnanimous when we analysed the uh, opposition, Swansea, who, of course, you played twice, home and away in the, what the Americans would refer to as the regular season. And therefore, suggested, at least on paper, evenly matched teams. And you made that clear. You said they are tough. Of course they're tough. That's why they finished four. You bossed the game, for me. I only saw one victor. I loved the energy that was on display. I truly appreciated the lack of fear. Yeah, I think um, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but the reality is that we took our play and our commitment to a new level against mm. Bournemouth in mm. the playoff uh, second leg. Indeed. And I mean, that you were doing final. it Ali Easter. You were rope-a-doping. <laughs> um, we carried that through to the final and we started on the front foot, started very positively and obviously it helps when you get an early goal and it was a nailed on pen wasn't it for everybody there's no need for var in that one no absolutely brilliant brilliant run by uh brian and bumo super pass from sergi yep and uh, he just got in front of the keeper so yeah a nailed on pen and you know whilst ivan had scored 10 out of 10 as thomas as thomas said after the game you know, there's always time where you think, mm. well, maybe this is the time when he misses. But mm. word, he's such a cool, calm, a collected character. And uh, he stepped up in his usual inimitable style, buried it in the, uh, in the corner. So that was a big relief. And to follow that up with a second goal quite quickly. Ten minutes, ten minutes later. I mean, you talk yeah. about being on the front foot. That's your ideal start, isn't it? You don't get, you could not have scripted that yourself any better, could you, Cliff? Funny you should mention that, Tony. But uh, when uh, one of the senior officials at the FA asked me before the game, how did I think it would go? I said to him, well, in my dreams, I see us 2-0 up at half time, And then we go on and get a third in the second half and maybe concede one towards the end and win 3-1. So I got the first half spot on. You totally did. And also, if you think about it in terms of deficit relationship there, the scoreline uh, gap on the money, 2-0. On the money. Yeah, uh, You know, Absolutely. equivalent to 3-1. Yeah, yeah, I'd say, you know, yeah. you're quite prescient. 
<laughs> well, it was, um, I had lots of dreams about how the day might go, but uh, as it turned out, we, we made a really, really strong start. And obviously that calmed any nerves that mm -hmm. any of us had. And although we were anxious that if Swansea mm -hmm. got would make it a game, they didn't really mm -hmm. uh, David Raya in goal. Mm -hmm. And uh, ultimately it was a, a fairly comfortable victory on the day. For me, and again, I was watching this, um, enjoying the company of my father. We um, may well have imbibed a glass of white or two, perhaps. Uh, we raised a glass to cliff because, and I said this to him, and I know there's this factor that's become almost a bit mythical, quote unquote, the uh, commentator's curse. But in that first 10 minutes, with that nailed on pen, with Tony stepping up, I turned to my father and I remarked, this boy will not miss this. And he could not have rolled it any nicer, could he? I mean, what a clinical finish. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I mean, I, I met Ivan for the first time on, on Saturday uh, on the pitch after the game and then again in the evening. He's a really great guy mm. and uh, very cool, very mm. calm. And he slotted it away to, with, honestly, with perfection. Correct. I mean, he couldn't have rolled it there any nicer if you yep. had tried. Lovely effort. Great player. Um, just quickly on what I dubbed Mr. Prolific, Ivan Tony. What an acquisition for just five million. And he was, of course, let's not forget, with 31 goals in the, I can't think of a better way of framing. I've got NFL in the mind, maybe. The, the a regular season, uh, where, of course, you so narrowly missed up on going straight up by right. 31 goals uh, in that effort. Of course, two goals inclusive of that emphatic penalty, um, you know, and got you back into the game. And let's not forget in that crucial semi-final victory. I mean, you can't praise this young man anymore. Here's a question I'd like to ask. Obviously, an XB uh, uh, in Ollie Watkins just narrowly missed out on Southgate's squad. I understand the leap from championship, so competitive as it is, to international level is quite vast. I get that. But were there any scouts? Was Southgate even aware of Tony doing the business for the Bees? I'm sure he was. I, I don't know for, for a fact, but I, uh, I'm sure he was. But the reality is that with the difference between the championship sure. and the Premier League, it's very, very rare that an England manager looks at a player in the championship. But mm. Ivan does well next season. Then, mm -hmm. uh, like Ollie, he could follow him into the squad. Well, if he can continue being prolific, then you're in for a good first campaign in the Premier League. Um, just before we talk about that, thinking forwards just slightly, I want to once again focus in on this historic moment. As you know, Cliff, it represents, of course, the 50th team in Premier League history to play at that highest level one can achieve domestically here in Blighty. Mm -hmm. And also the very first Premier League sojourn for the Bees. But you have to go back, don't we, to when there was this little world war going on in the 46-47 campaign, uh, whereby the Brentford Bees were a, a top flight force. So that accomplishment for what I don't like the notion of this little team, nevertheless, that accomplishment, immense. Yes, I mean, 74 years is a long time to return to the top uh, league in English football. And many, 
many, many of our supporters, of course, have uh, followed us for mm. 40, 50, 60 years mm. and seen uh, many, many years of uh, lower league football. So sure. them, this is incredibly special. And I'm so pleased for all of our fans who, having followed us mm. through and thin, will now get the opportunity to, to watch us uh, in, in the Premier League against arguably some of the best teams in, in, in certainly in Europe, if not the world. Well, certainly Europe. My goodness me, two English teams played out the only third all-English Champions League yeah. final, didn't they? And congratulations to Chelsea accordingly. But my goodness yeah. me, for the Brentford community in your brand spanking new Premier League standard uh, community arena, well, it proves to me, at least, dreams indeed do come true, Cliff. Absolutely. I can't argue with that, Tony. I mean, you can foresee the situation where, had we have gone up last year, we would have played our first entire Premier League season behind closed doors. Sure. It would have been absolutely gutting for the fans. So yeah, there's some sort of... Um, poetic justice that means that as long as fans are allowed back in the stadium by August, we will be able to play at least the start of the season in front of um, all of the fans who have waited 74 years for this opportunity. And the atmosphere, no doubt, will be buzzing. And I ah, just think sure. it is tremendous. Um, nevertheless, victory and to the victor, the spoils. The dream is achieved. But now, the hard work begins. Because you want to be a Premier League team consistently, don't you? Of course, that's the ultimate. Once you're there, there's a big difference between getting there and staying there. The golfing class is, is quite high, mm -hmm. so it's a challenge. And it's a challenge we relish and we will mm -hmm. do everything we can um, we're not going to change our philosophy. Mm -hmm. We're not going to change our style of play. Uh, we've got to where we have by being the team and the club that we are. Uh, and none of that will change. Sure. And a bit of good go and we'll see where it takes us. Well, with regards uh, the former element of that wonderful bit of uh, appraisal, I would suggest if it ain't broke, why go fixing, Cliff? Exactly. Exactly. We've... We, there's no reason for us to, to change the way we play. Um, and we understand it will be a big challenge, mm -hmm. of course. Um, and there are no guarantees in, in life or in football. Of course. Uh, other than we will give it every ounce and every sinew to, to try and be successful and, and, and succeed in the Premier League. Well, again, you are only the 50th team in the pyramid to play at the Premier League. So there are so many teams looking up now at Brentford and they may be a touch green-eyed monster-ish. Yes, of course, um, that may well be true, but uh, we, we've got there on merit. Uh, I think if you look at the last two seasons, of course. finished third twice, we've uh, achieved over 80 points in yep. each season. Yep. Uh, Top scorers both seasons. Both seasons. Mean, uh, mean at the back one of the as best well. Defenses. Yeah, one of the best defences. Um, so, uh, and last season, we only lost seven matches sure. in the normal season. So, I think we deserve to have achieved our objective of getting to the Premier League. 
but as you say, Tony, that hard work starts now, uh, planning for staying in the Premier League. And planning and strategising go hand in glove with the Brentford model. I think it's a model that could map out to many, many organisations, many, many football clubs. I think it maps out and expands possibilities of that, at least. I mean, everything works in theory, but I'm wowed by your practice. I mean, just talk to me a little bit, please, Cliff, about one of the things that is absolutely core to this achieved goal and will be no doubt instrumental in working towards that vision now. That's your scouting structure. I mean, just focusing merely on the strikers, because sometimes it's easy to do that because, of course, it is the goal scorers that keep that turn one nil uh, defeats into one all draws, etc., etc. I mean, look at this. You know it. Uh, we went back uh, to Neil Malpao, a two million acquisition, 95 games for the Bees, 41 goals, 14 assists. We've referenced already Ollie Watkins, who was in Southgate's 33, didn't make the 26, but there or thereabouts, only two million acquired from. 143 games, a long servant. 49 goals, 17 assists, and we've already mentioned Mr. Prolific. I mean, your eye for talent is second to none, I would argue, based on infrastructure and relative uh, possibility. Yes, it, it does sound that way, but I think you're missing out the key ingredient, Tony, which is development. Ah. We, 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 we see the potential in these players. They're not uh, fully formed when mm -hmm. we buy but we see the potential. Um, we insist that when we look at players, that they fit into our style of play and our structure. And, and clearly, if that's not the case, then they're not right for us. But what we focus on is developing those mm. players and seeing them improve. Mm. That is effectively what's happened with all three of them. They came to us um, and, and have improved and developed. In, in the well, you've turned diamonds out of diamonds in the rough, it would seem. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And that's a touch. And no doubt will be needed once again as we go to that halcyon level, the Premier League. Um, look, I know there's going to be lots uh, to discuss at this moment in time, lots going on. I'd dearly love to be a uh, bee on the wall of your <laughs> inner sanctum. But uh, there's a little shop window that's about to kick off as the best of the best, the elite of Europe, come to uh, play. With that final at Wembley, will football come home? I have my doubts. We shall see. Um, that's not a bad shop window, though, is it? I'm sure you'll be studying this and your scouts will be doing their thing and the data analysis will be crunched, one would imagine. Yes, there's a great opportunity to see some European talent. Uh, obviously, we have the Brexit rules to consider mm -hmm. sure. uh, and the points system, um, but I'm sure we'll be watching the games and looking out for any talents that might be suitable. And again, it's that suitability. And obviously, nobody bats a perfect 1,000, to use a baseball analogy, and you were dubbed the Moneyball team for very good reasons. Um, but your ratio of hit to miss vis-a-vis -vis your appreciation of the fit to the structure their character, crucially moreover than anything else, is remarkable. Cliff, honestly, it is a model that I think um, maybe those in power at 10 Downing Street should consider. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> at least in theory. What can I tell you? In theory. In theory. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, um, let's go back, though, to that moment, that 2-0 victory. 
Um, Cliff, Thomas Franks didn't really need to do a great deal because the business was done on the pitch. But my goodness me, it was impressive to me to see that a man that I kind of have an association of as um, quite clinical being so emotional. And I guess that reflects what we've discussed in microcosm, perhaps. Yeah, Thomas is a lovely, lovely man. Um, very studious, uh, a great coach, really good man manager. Uh-huh. And uh, with the support of Brian Reamer and Kevin O'Connor and the rest of the team behind the three of them, because it's, not, it's a real team effort. It's not just Thomas. It's mm-hmm. not just Brian and Kevin. And there's a whole support structure that works alongside the players to help them improve and develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and together, they have built a fabulous team mm-hmm. which uh, was able to succeed uh, through the campaign and ultimately at the playoff final. And again, it just makes me chuckle to think, because sometimes as a sports broadcaster, I like to delve into history. We call it form. And the form book in terms of playoff finals and indeed playoff football was not necessarily only uh, Brentford's favour. It just goes to show, doesn't it, that on the big occasion, all that really matters is the attitude of the players and how they react to the situation. At the end of the day, it's 90 minutes, one game of football, and anything can happen. And mm. that was always the fear on uh, sure. last week, that um, something would happen, a player gets sent off, a referee makes a bad decision, a tackle, all, all sorts of things uh, can happen in a game uh, which can take you off track. Mm-hmm. But uh, for us on the day, everything went according to plan mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to win the game. Absolutely. And so doing, make a slice of history for Brentford. And I know because I love sports so dearly, how crucial that will be for the whole community of Brentford, who can now hold their heads up high, walk into any pub across the land and know that their boys are going to be competing with, quote unquote, the big boys domestically next campaign. Absolutely. It's, um, I think there are so many fans who can't quite get their head around it yet. And, and obviously, fixture release day, 16th of June, when you see in black and white who we're playing and when we're playing. Yeah, absolutely. Then Is there anyone in particular? Really... I, know the, I know the dream hasn't been um, ultimately uh, satisfied, but it's certainly, let's call it mission accomplished now, right? Mm-hmm. Cliff Grant, I know that just the mere fact that you are a Premier League force and taking on amongst the greatest in Europe, or I mean, the Champions League was case in point, Right. But is there anybody on that to be announced on, incidentally, my birthday uh, fixture list uh, that you think will be a little bit special cake? I think uh, every fan has a different view. But when you think about playing football in the Premier League, I think most people would say the first name that comes out the hat is Manchester United. Sure are a world-renowned football mm-hmm. club, a fantastic history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still remember as, he, uh, as a, a young boy watching the 1968 European Cup final with George Best and Bobby Charlton when they won 4-1 against uh, Benfica. And Man United, for me, I think will be the, the really special one. But, you know, who's to say that Man City, Liverpool... Hey, let's not forget the mighty Leeds United. 
uh, of course, Leeds. Well, you know, Leeds, Leeds we've played quite a few times over the last few years, so it'll be welcoming old friends for those bigger clubs. These are clubs that um, we, we may have played once or so in the last 30, 40 years, so, and some we haven't played at all. So from that point of view, it's, it's very different to, uh, to teams like Leeds. I'll tell you something. It is special difference. It is special different, no questions about that. Because I don't now buy the little Brentford narrative, I'm afraid, Cliff. But I understand that it's not an unfair one. I recognise all the accomplishments and I'm, I'm excited on your behalf. I can only imagine how you all, associated with the Bees, must right now be feeling. Yeah, and um, when you look at the numbers, uh, how many people will be at Old Trafford? 75,000. Our stadium holds 17,000. When you look at the commercial income of any of those large clubs, Brentford, mm -hmm. the golf is huge. Huge. Nevertheless, you did win the most lucrative game in football. We did. We did. And uh, we, we will hopefully spend the money wisely. I don't think that's a hope. I know that for a borderline fact because we've all discussed it today. We've shown our appreciation for a long time. There is a reason that Tony Rice doesn't utter the phrase, the Moneyball Club. It's prevailing wisdom. And that model applied with a plum consistently by Brentford has resulted now in this opportunity, Cliff. Mm-hmm. It certainly has, and we're very excited to take this opportunity and we will do everything we can to uh, give a good account of ourselves throughout the Premier League season. I shall look forward to discussing it throughout the next campaign. For now, I appreciate full well that there is an awful lot of hard work along your near future. But my yeah. word... I know for experienced, uh, lived experience fact, borderline, that nothing ever good comes easy. And that's why we get out of bed to fulfill our visions. Absolutely. And uh, if anyone wants to come and watch us play, then my strong recommendation is that they go to the website and, and sign up to become a member. And uh, because it's members who will get the best opportunity. Hottest ticket in town, guys. And I know you will be <laughs> infused to do precisely that, Cliff. Remind us all of your website, please. It's www.brentfordfc.com. It's nice and logical. It's easy to recall. Nevertheless, I know in our digital era, we've got access to everything in the palm of our hands. Memories, maybe it's not so strong as they once were. So as a consequence of that, so they can do just that literally now and tap, tap away and get involved. What's the website once again, please? www.brentfordfc.com Magical and magical work, proving indeed that dreams do come true, but they don't happen as if by abracadabra magic. One has <laughs> to be true to one's word and commit to a vision. And then you indeed could well be in microcosm like the Brentford Bees Football Club. Cliff, in closing... Humbly, I'd like to bestow upon you, sir, my sincere congratulations. If you'd be so very kind as to relay that message to all associated with Brentford, I would be delighted. Thank you so much once again. 
Thanks, Tony. I will be uh, delighted to do that. It's been a fantastic team effort, the togetherness within the club, the trust that we have shown amongst the players and the staff and the humility has enabled us to achieve uh, our objective. And I can tell you, we are truly delighted. So thank you very much. As always, it's a pleasure. And now I'll let you go and uh, hang out again on cloud nine, Cliff. Thank you very much. Thank you.